Hey everybody, it's your Dutch friend Jan and you are listening to episode 135 of the Creator Smarts podcast. And this is a special episode because it's the last day of the year, so I wanted to do something special. Uh, yeah, I wanted to do something that's really going to help you getting more out of 2022. So what we're going to do, first of all, I'm going to share with you 22 ideas about online business, the creator industry, and we have actually already shared some of these ideas through our in our newsletter, our weekly smarts newsletter. If you haven't signed up for that yet, go to creatorsmarts.com. It's for free. Every week we send you, it's actually a very short, a very quick email with uh, the, the, the three ideas of the week and basically so what i'm going to do today is i'm going to share again some of these ideas with uh, with you guys but this time i'm going to elaborate on the ideas and maybe give a few examples so that you really um get a good understanding of of what we mean by these ideas and how you can maybe turn them into action and implement them in your business okay and then the second part of this episode um, i'm actually going to do some coaching with you yeah, I'm going to ask you some questions, and these are rather um, deep questions about well, business most of the time. And, um, you know, I really hope that you're going to sit down, maybe take a, a piece of paper and a pen and write down the answers to the questions. Because if you do that, and if you invest some time in, you know, in doing this, um, you're going to be able to do things smarter next year. You're going to be able to get more out of 22 um, you know, I always think that you should at least spend 20% of your time on actual planning and thinking. I think the bigger the business, the higher that percentage. Um, and I've talked to business owners that do over a million in, in revenue. And, you know, they say that the most important thing that they can do for the business is, is actually not working. But it's thinking, thinking about the strategies, about the processes, about the system. Um, that's where you're going to have the most leverage. But maybe you're not there yet, and that's completely fine. But in that, even in that case, I would say that you need to spend at least 20% of the time on strategy and deep thinking. So that's what we're going to do today. I really hope that you're going to take the time and actually uh, join this session today. All right? This is the Create the Smarts podcast where you will learn to leverage your online following into a profitable, future-proof education business that you control without being at the mercy of sponsors or algorithm changes. Each week we interview the world's leading creators to find out what strategies they use to diversify, stabilize and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. So, let's dive in. First idea. There are only two ways to grow your business. Getting more people to buy from you and increasing how much your customers spend on your projects over their lifetime. Right, so I said two ways to grow your business. First of all, getting more people to buy from you, right? So as a YouTube creator, it means that how do you get more people to buy from you? Well, first of all, you need traffic, right? So more traffic, bigger audience. Um... And then you need to make sure that you get the email address. That's what we talk about all the time, right? So how do you do that? Maybe you can create specific lead magnets for different videos. So if you have a video where you talk about, I don't know, 
how to do storytelling. Then maybe at the end of that video, you can say, by the way, I have a, you know, a checklist for video creators who want to become better at storytelling. Click on the link below. So if you have a specific lead magnet for a specific problem that you talk about in the video, you're going to see that you're going to have very high conversion rates on your opt-in page. And um, yeah, that's going to give your email list a boost. So um, again, one way, more traffic, just a bigger audience, right? But then also think about how you can convert more people to your to your email list. And then once they're on your mailing list, you want to make sure that they buy, right? So you can do that by maybe create a better offer. Maybe it's better copywriting. Maybe it's doing email promotions more regularly, right? Um, so, you know, all these strategies here fall under the category of getting more people to buy from you. And then the second way was increasing how much your customers spend on your products. Well, they can simply spend more if you make them more expensive. And of course, you don't want your conversion rate to go down. So you can actually increase your prices and um, and keep or sometimes even improve your conversion rate if you increase your offer, right? So, you know, maybe maybe add in a few bonuses, maybe create some more urgency or scarcity in your email sequence. There are lots of ways to do that. Um, another way for you to to make sure that your customers spend more money on your products is by offering an upsell, for example. So first they buy, let's say, a language course from you, a Spanish course, and then on the thank you page, you say, okay, you just spent $200 on the Spanish course, congrats. What about... What about getting access to the to the full bundle? If you give me another two hundred dollars, you're gonna get access to six languages, right? So that's an upsell. You can also do a downsell. So maybe people don't want to go for the bundle, so to say, no, I'm not interested. And then instead, you offer something cheaper. It could be like a Spanish grammar course, for example, for an extra fifty bucks. So these are all tricks that you can implement in your business to get a higher uh, average customer value. Right, and then of course you want to make sure that they spend more on your products over their lifetime, and you can do that, for example, by doing a monthly email promotion to a certain segment on your list. Right. All right. Just yeah. Let's uh, move on to the second idea. So here it is. Running ads can give your business a boost, but once you turn the ads off, you're often back to square one. If you're building a cash flow. Sorry, if you're building a cash flowing business for yourself, then you will feel much more comfortable by having evergreen traffic from Google partners or referrals. You know, I I know quite a few guys who who have built successful businesses just off ads. So it's definitely possible. I just think that the power of um, of ads is a bit overrated. You see so many ads on, I don't know, Facebook or YouTube from guys that are selling courses on how to run ads. And, you know, I went through some of the courses and their lead magnets and I know what they're trying to sell. And, you know, when you consume that content, you're almost convinced that it can work for your business, right? The thing is that not all businesses are similar. And most of these guys that you know, sell courses or many of the guys who run ads actually sell courses on how to run ads, you know, for a grand or two grand. And I think can definitely work in, in some industries. 
I think that in you know the language education niche where I originally started, uh, you know we we see a lot of big companies like Pebble and uh, what else do we see? There's a few companies out there that manage to su- successfully run ads that often priced um, quite low, right? So think about like a ten dollar, fifteen dollar per month membership, and um, yeah, if you have a three hundred euro course on whatever, let's uh, use the example of a Spanish course, for example. I mean, I know many people who've tried to sell that through ads, including myself. I tried to do it myself. Um, I hired like specialists, uh, Facebook ads experts, to to set up those ads. Try lots of different copies, lots of different images, and then sometimes you know you nail everything. It works, but then after a month, then you went, you know, you burn through your audience or through your target audience on Facebook, and then you have to come up with new headlines, new images new copy and that takes time and focus right so there is always an opportunity cost and you know i think that if you have a if you have a business you're doing well i think it's ads are worth experimenting with especially so-called retargeting ads where you retarget your audience where you retarget people who already went to your sales page or who have already shown interest in in what you do um yeah i would definitely recommend to experiment with that but as a long-term strategy i think it's really difficult unless you're in a certain niche where running ads just works or unless you just really know what you're doing and running ads is your strength um if that's not the case then running ads is probably going to be a distraction and you better spend that time on actually creating organic content and um or as you say content and create lots of organic traffic all right the next one number three ask for advice from people that you trust but always question whether advice can work for you and for your business understanding context is everything yeah so earlier this year i talked about um that mastermind I, i went to uh, about three years ago, I think this was in LA, and I was still running a language boost at the time. Spent about seven and a half grand on that event, and uh, it was a two-day event, and had like a thirty-minute hot seat session, and I like explained how my funnel worked, and then the guy said, "Yeah, you need to sell, you need to sell high tickets. You need to sell a language course for a thousand, two thousand dollars." Now the reality is that that can work in most niches, right? Especially if you do business to business, or if you teach how to build businesses. Like people are very keen to spend two thousand dollars on a course that teaches them how to make two thousand dollars per month, right? In the language learning niche or language education niche, it's not really like that. Most language courses are three. Uh, sorry two three hundred dollars and like the bigger companies that offer subscriptions often are much cheaper right like 10 or 15 dollars per month so if you want to sell high tickets i mean you can do that there are uh people in the niche in the industry that are doing that but it's 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 very difficult and also like if you look at the people who who, who managed to do that that's their only offer so they send people from their YouTube channels to uh, an application form, for example. 
and uh, and and that's how that's how they that's how they do it. That's where they v- qualify their clients. It's very difficult, actually. They first um, qualify their leads and they jump on a call with them. So there's also much more work. Any guy was suggesting that I was just offering, you know, going to offer a thousand dollar digital product on the thank you page. It's 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 not that easy. And at the time, I didn't really know, but you know, after trying it and just talking to lots of other people in the industry you start to see the context right you start to understand the niche and this is something that the person who gave me that piece of advice did not understand so you know also when i watch youtube videos i am always very skeptical um i think there is a lot of good advice out there on the internet for free i read lots of books i consume lots of you know personal development and um business related um videos educational videos on youtube um but always ask yourself the question can this work for my industry what's different in my what's different in my industry do i have the same ambitions as the guy who's who's talking who i'm listening to and also like do i have the right qualities because you know somebody might be very good at and then creating youtube videos but now you know that's not my quality maybe i should actually focus on what i'm good at and and do more of that so yeah understanding the context is everything and uh, be skeptical even with this advice that you're getting from me here number four pricing is positioning don't ask how much you should charge for your products instead look at the market who's charging what what are they offering who can you compete with how do you want to position yourself ask those questions first and only then you can decide your pricing yeah so it's i really think it's a wrong question and i get this question very often Jan, how much should i charge for my products and no the, the the real question is you know and then i always ask them and say okay how do you want to position yourself i can give an example here so we run this community right create a smart inner circle it's a community where we meet four times per year and when you, there's hot seat sessions. Uh, there's even some, some business training in there. And um, a few months ago, I was wondering how much we should charge for it. And we were charging 500 euros per year. Then I started looking at the competition or competition at, you know, at the industry. Um, maybe you've heard about the Dynamite Circle. It's also an online community for online entrepreneurs. They are charging about 500 and as far as I know, um, they well they're offering pretty much the same thing, right? So community. I'm not really sure if they also have like quarterly uh, meetings with hot seat sessions. Maybe they do, but I think they certainly don't offer business training, especially not specifically for a certain niche, right? So they were charging 500, and I think as Creator Smart or you know, it's for the inner circle, the way we wanted to position ourselves is to be first of all more exclusive. Um, also more niche and also increase the value we are only offering specific avatar right so youtube creator with an existing audience then on top of that we also actually offer a business training all right so that's why we decided that we wanted to uh, that we were going to double the price so we're charging a thousand per year per year now and we've you know we've included some extra some some other um things to make it even better but you get the idea right so you look at okay what are the other players doing where do i want to position myself do i want to be the cheapest in the industry 
Do I want to be the most expensive in the industry? Do I want to be somewhere in between? Um, ask those questions first and then you can decide on your pricing, right? And your pricing is never going to be perfect. Um, you know, like big companies that get lots of traffic, they can do so-called uh, split testing, right? So they send a certain segment to a sales page where they're selling for $100 and then another segment to a sales page where they're charging more. And then they send a lot of traffic and they look at the conversion rate and you know which page ends up making or generating the most revenue for the business. And then eventually they go for the price that, um, that won. Um, yeah, you can do that, but there are lots of disadvantages. Uh, first of all, it takes a lot of time, especially if you don't have a lot of traffic. And then also, yeah, you could say that it's not completely fair, right? That you're selling to some people for a hundred and other people for, the, for double the price. So not really sure if you wanna if you wanna do that as a brand. But um, yeah, start with your best guess, and you can always optimize your pricing later. Okay. Number five, very few people manage to build a huge following on YouTube. Only play this game if you can commit in the long run. Keep improving and you will eventually get there, but be patient because building an audience will take time. I mean, we all hear about YouTubers that go from zero to a million subscribers in a year, right? Especially in the um, digital entertainment niche. Um, so it's possible, but I do think it's unrealistic, especially if you have, um, if you're teaching something, if you're an online education, it's not really mainstream, right? What you do, probably. Um, I think you should be really happy if you can go from a zero to a 50k, maybe a hundred thousand subscribers in a year. I mean, that's already very, very exceptional, I would say. Uh, if you can do that, then you already belong to the most successful 5%, probably. Um, yeah, so you need really need to be patient. Yes, be ambitious, but don't don't be too harsh on yourself if you don't have a huge audience after a year because it takes time. Even with this podcast, we still have a relatively small audience. But um, I like doing it. Um, it's good for uh, really we're really serving a very small group of people here with the podcast, but it's very specific. The um, audience, uh, yeah, I'm talking about you. <laughs> and um, yeah, the feedback so far has been really good and uh, it has also been good for the business. So we just keep doing it and, uh, you know, still going to be able to sleep at night even if we don't have a million listeners. Okay, so make sure that if you want to do it, that you really like it, that you enjoy the process and then the success will come. If you're really just doing it for the money, then they're probably... Other things that you can do, well, other ways for you to to build a business. Number six: the best business builders are often not the best creators, and the best creators may not be the best business builders. Get help or partner up with someone. Yeah, I mean this is really true. It's also kind of logical, right? Worked with so many creators, you know, over the last year, last two years. Some of them are really good at what they do, but then when you start talking about business or marketing, they have no idea what you're talking about. It's like, and then the same thing. I know some really good marketers, and they're just terrible at, at creating good content. There's very few people that can do both, but even if you can do both, probably not going to have the time and to focus to do both, right? So, 
um, yeah, get help or partner up with somebody. Um, look in your own community and your network. Go to events. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's really. I mean, that's what that's what I did as well, right? So when I ran Language Boost, I noticed that we didn't have a lot of traffic. So I was like, okay, we really need to make sure that we nail the marketing and the conversion so that we can still make some money, right? Even if we don't have all the traffic. So I fully focused on on that, on the marketing side. But that did not make me a good creator because I never took the time to learn about YouTube. I never took YouTube seriously. And um, yeah, that's when I got to the idea. You know, actually, as during one of the masterminds that we organized, the mastermind retreats, this was the one in in Croatia where some of the creators said, Jan, you like this marketing thing so much. You're really good at it. Why not just do that and partner up with people who have the traffic so that you can um, form dream teams with them, right? So that's kind of the uh, the genesis of of Creator Smarts. Look for somebody who can help you. Number seven, discounting can be a very expensive way to make your offer more appealing. Instead, increase the perceived value through creating a killer offer and great copywriting. Yeah, especially, this is what many people do, right? Even also big companies, always discounting, discounting, discounting. And it works. It works. I just think that it's ugly. Um... It's also, I find it quite aggressive if you're heavy discounting all the time. So it definitely works. It's not my favorite way to sell. But you can also you know, think about creating the perceived value of your product. For example, by adding lots of bonuses. And you say, you give them a deadline. You say, sign up for the 1st of January. If not, the bonuses expire. Or you can say, the live cohort, you can add a live element to your course as well, right? So you can say the live cohort starts on the 1st of January. So make sure to sign up because if you wait too long, we're going to close the doors and you will have to wait until we, yeah, until the next cohort. You won't be able to join for a few months, right? So these are just two examples um, that you can use to make your offer more appealing or to create more urgency. And... Um, that will increase your conversion rate. Um, of course, what else do I say here? Great copywriting. Yeah, copywriting is going to help for sure. On your sales page and your email sequence. So instead of discounting, maybe focus on those other things that I just mentioned. The thing is that discounting is easy. Uh, creating a really good killer sales page or email sequence or a killer offer adding a live element to your course you know you need to be you need to be creative and it's going to take a lot of time and effort but if you put in the time and effort you're going to be able to sell your products at higher prices without a discount and um, hopefully also increase your conversion rate okay number eight you only need three ingredients for your creator business to work traffic conversion and a product that your audience wants once you have all three, approve the one where you have the most leverage. So we talked about that. We talked about this on the, the first idea that I share with you, right? So traffic, that's your traffic to your, well, first of all, to your YouTube channel, but then also the traffic to your opt-in page, right? Where you collect the email address. 
conversion, so your ability to sell, and then you need a product that your audience wants because you can have a huge audience and then the best copywriting and the best email sequence and the best sales page. But if you have a product that your audience doesn't want, um, you're going to have a really hard time to make money. And uh, I've made this mistake myself in my own business, also with uh, with one of our clients. Um, yeah, we basically, um, so he's like pioneering in a new niche. So we didn't really know what the audience wants. There weren't really any other examples in the industry. So we just tried out lots of different offers and the first offer that we tried. And of course, we surveyed the audience. But even if you survey the audience, you're never really sure whether they're also going to buy the products they tell you they want, right? So in the end, you also have to try different offers. And uh, we also do that here at Creator Smarts all the time. There's so many things that we have launched last year. And um, some offers work and some don't. So make sure that you have a product that your audience wants. They also have good conversion. They have enough traffic. Now the big question for you is, of course, where do you have the most leverage? Do you already have the traffic? Do you already have good conversion? Where are you leaving money on the table? Try to identify that and work on that. Um, Yeah, improve the one where you have the most leverage. Number nine, YouTube is your traffic, is not your business. Your business is everything that happens after a user enters the the ecosystem that you own, which in most cases is your mailing list, right? Your email list. Yeah, it still surprises me, like how many uh, YouTubers out there have a huge audience, but they don't have a website, they don't have a mailing list, or at least they're not actively sending people there. And most of the time, it's because they're so big, they're making so much money with AdSense, is they do not really need to. They're already fine, you know. I also talked about this with uh, Lucy from English with Lucy a few episodes ago. And she said in the beginning, you know, she was just focusing on YouTube and doing a few sponsorships here and there. She was making good money. And she never really thought about selling online courses or starting a mailing list, doing email marketing. But when she started doing that, she actually, you know, the business exploded and she really saw the full potential of the business. So YouTube is just the the, the top of funnel, right? It's just the tip of the iceberg. And the real business is everything that happens under the water. Um, so please really start <laughs> collecting email addresses. If you haven't done that, it can also be phone numbers. Um, and it depends a bit on your business. I think for Creator Smarts, for example, it's not a typical creator business, right? So the mailing list is not the most important thing uh, for us. It's actually the relationships, and we build those through the podcast. Um, people who are listening, but also the guests. Um, uh, yeah, it's basically our network. That's uh, where our business happens. But in your case, it's probably your mailing list. So, uh, yeah, keep focusing on that. Number 10, there's traffic that you earn and there's traffic that you own. Don't mix the two up. Um, Build a mailing list and keep it warm. Well, basically the same thing as what I said in point number 9, right? So let's move on. 11, the number one growth strategy, do more of what's working and do less of what isn't. So a few things that have worked with Creator Smarts. Um, 
the mastermind retreats let's start there there were a lot of fun so every year we organize this, these mastermind retreats for creators right and um, there are lots of fun they are profitable but it's not really a business on its own right so in the beginning i was like ollie we need to do two of these events two per year because they're great fun you know we get to travel and we can even make some money with it and Oli was like, yeah, but, you know, there is an opportunity cost and there's only a few times a year that I can travel alone without the family. I'm not really sure if I want to spend, um, yeah, just doing the masterminds during those times. And also they are, as I said, they're not really necessary for the business. So we, in the end, we decided to just do one, uh, one per year. Um, but then there's also projects that didn't work so in the beginning we had like coaching programs for a specific avatar and they were just not 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 that profitable um we also had um we also had this course langpreneur business breakthrough actually still selling it but it was not a great success so we did a few promotions we made a few sales, but it was nothing overwhelming. So in the end, we decided that we're not going to focus on creating more digital courses. Uh, what else have we done? Yeah, we also used to publish, we, we used to turn these podcast episodes into blog posts and then publish them on the uh, on the website. And we published around, I think, 100 articles on our website, but the website is not going to get any organic traffic. Um, spent some time on SEO and everything, so we also decided to kill that project and to uh, not repurpose these episodes on the blog anymore. So there's lots of projects that we killed, lots of things that we are not doing anymore, but there are also some things that we doubled down on. For example, the Inner Circle uh, that we launched at the beginning of next year, or sorry, of last year. So we made it even better, and uh, we, we doubled down on that. Actually did some active outreach so reaching out to other creators and you know selling them the uh, the program and that really worked and the same thing for a few partnerships that we have with the creators like we launched actually launching a course now with one of our partners and it's a great success so we are considering to launch eight more courses next year um question for you what are you going to double down on and what projects are you going to kill Number 12, there are only three reasons to be stuck in your business. You're lacking a skill, a personality trait, or you have a limiting beliefs. With creators, it's often the latter one. Talk to people who have achieved what you haven't achieved yet, and your beliefs will change. So one of my coaching clients is a great creator, um, great videos, great personality. But then when it comes to marketing, there's lots of limiting beliefs, right? So there's like, yeah, my... You know, my my audience doesn't like uh, long form sales pages, and I talked about the importance of having long to, long form sales pages or sales content. I should say it doesn't necessarily have to be a sales page. I talked about this topic. I think in last week's episode, like I think two episodes ago, right? So that's lots of limiting beliefs. Like people are gonna, it's not good for my business if I send out an email every week. Um, people are going to be annoyed. Um, I cannot hire people because just can't trust anything. I can't hire a video editor because nobody understands my editing style. There's all these limiting beliefs that are holding you back. You know, so you have to, if you want to make progress, 
if you want to build a bigger business then you have to change those limiting beliefs and a way to do that is by listening to podcasts but also just connect to people who have already done that and who, um, who had to break those same beliefs all right 13 how to build relationships with influential people do interesting things share quality content pay for their time add value without expectations organize an online event and ask friends for referrals yeah so as um i'm not sure how how relevant this one is for you because you're probably just focusing on building your audience right and that's fair enough um in that case you need to do interesting things so that you create more interesting videos and uh share quality content right you hopefully already doing that now for somebody like me running creator smarts i actually apply all these strategies here so i try to do interesting things it's not <laughs> it's not it's not uh it's a bit different from you know the things that i was doing 10 years ago when i was traveling full-time um you know, with the uh, with the family, but I still try to do interesting things here at home, right? Interesting guests on the podcast, for example, sharing quality content like this. Hopefully, hopefully you find it valuable. Um, and also, you know, in the beginning of this year, I wanted to get hold of a few high-level YouTube consultants and uh, reach out to them. They didn't get back to me, so instead, I just pay them for that time. I hire them for a few consultation, pay them like five hundred euros per hour. Uh, multiple times and that's how you build a relationship and um, yeah another way add value without expectations every time when we have another inner circle meeting or we create a valuable piece of content or a podcast episode like this one and I think there is somebody in my network who can benefit from from it I always I always send them uh, quality content that I think it will like and you know I I might not even it, it the main goal is not to to sell them it's just to to build a relationship and to keep it warm and then maybe one day when I think I have the right offer I might pitch them something right but the idea is really to add value without expectations um and I think you can do that if you genuinely like the kind of people that you're trying to network with. So that's not all about the money, all about the business, but that you genuinely enjoy those relationships. Um, organize online events. Well, that's what we did, what we do with um, with the Inner Circle, for example. At the beginning, before we had the Inner Circle, we also did a few events for free, just to create goodwill, show people. Um, you know, give them the chance to see if it's something for them. Of course, it can also be live events and ask friends for referral for referrals. That's another thing that I do. Sorry, that's another thing that I always do uh, after a podcast interview. If I think that it was good, you know, that it was a click, I always ask them: Is there anybody else in your network that you think I should talk to? All right, number fourteen. Ah, oh, it's pretty gonna be a pretty long episode, but. I mean, we have time, right? So, 14, how to win on YouTube. Come up with a great video idea. Create a thumbnail that people want to click on. Nail the first 30 seconds of your videos. 
and improve your view retention. Pretty straightforward. So these are basically the four things that you learn if you take a course on how to do YouTube. I think the video idea is probably the most important one here. Um, so you really need to, you know, when you just start, you need to find your style, right? So when you start, you need to come up with lots of crazy video ideas and just try out lots of different stuff. But then after a while, you will see what kind of videos get views and what kind of videos don't. You will also see what kind of videos you enjoy making and what kind of videos you don't enjoy making. So after you find your style and your niche, then you need to double down on that and come up with, with great video ideas. And... You know, assuming that your content, that you have good thumbnails, and that you make the introductions, you know, that you have a, that you make sure that you have a good hook in the first ten seconds of your videos, um, and that you're good at like storytelling, and that your video editor uh, focuses on 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 view retention, so make sure that there is lots of variation in the video that that it doesn't get boring. If you're doing all those things then the only things that really matter is, or that really gonna make a difference, is the video idea. And a mistake that people make, and this is actually something that I learned from the interview I did with Paddy Galloway, I asked him what some of the, uh, what are some of the biggest mistakes that beginners make? And he said, well, most of the time is, is they split audiences. So we did an audit for Ollie's channel, and uh, as you know, Oli teaches languages, all kind of languages. And you know, every now and then he will upload a video about a specific language. For example, seven books to learn Italian. And that video wouldn't do very well because there's only a very small segment in his audience that interest that's interested in Italian, right? And then if you publish two two of those videos straight, then YouTube is going to punish you because they see that you have a very small viewership. And then they're less likely to promote the third video. So it's important to not split audiences, to decide who your audience is. It can be a general audience, but then just stick to that. Okay, number 15. It's okay to take a break from YouTube. Your mental health is more important than the algorithm. And it won't really it won't punish you anyway. And if you wonder in-depth explanation of what I mean by this, I really recommend you to have a look at um, the, the YouTube channel Channel Makers. Our friend Nate uh, uploaded a video a few weeks ago and the title is I left YouTube for a month and here is why. And in the video, he's basically going to share you his statistics and um, he's going to tell you whether it made, you know, whether he was punished by the algorithm or not. And yeah, I don't want to spoil don't want to give you a spoiler here, but um, <laughs> yeah, the conclusion was that in the end, it's not going to make a big difference. And actually, your mental health is much more important than the algorithm and whether the you know whether the algorithm is going to punish you for it or not. Because if you keep, I mean, you are a creator, right? You probably know what I'm talking about. I mean, you you know that pressure that you have as a as a creator, and you really need to keep your mind fresh because that's way you know you will be able to perform better come up with better ideas and um keep some perspective on what you're doing so 
it's okay to take a break. You got my permission. Number 16, don't underestimate the power of focusing on one platform first. It's okay It's okay to say no to new platforms like TikTok. So, yeah, this is, um, I think it's pretty straightforward, right? Creating a following is really difficult. And if you're trying to do that on multiple platforms, it makes it even more difficult. I think you can do some repurposing in the beginning, right? So if you create a YouTube short, you can maybe also just upload it on TikTok. I think that's fine. But um, yeah, trying to do only focus on one platform first. 17, 17 spend 80% of the time on projects that bring in revenue and 20% on testing new ideas. Right, so we said that another growth strategy is to to double down on what's working and to kill the projects that are not. But yeah, so the key is to find projects or things, um, tactics that are working, right? And you can only do that if you test lots of different things. Um, so do that, but make sure to spend 80% of the time on the projects that actually bring in the revenue. Otherwise, and those are actually... Most of the time, those are the tasks that are the most difficult and all the people don't want to do. This is the unsexy work. But focus on that because, you know, that's what's going to give the business oxygen. That having said, spend the other 20% on testing new ideas every year. Um, you know, you have a look at the list of ideas of, or tactics that you've tried. You kill those that were not working and you double down on those that are working. 18. YouTube creators don't have competition. Their only competition are traditional brands. Consider partnering up with them and create a win-win for everyone. I mean, maybe YouTube creators do have competition, right? But I don't think it's the right mindset. So, I mean, there's people who are afraid of the competition. And there are people who are really glad to share numbers and... You know, we have that abundance mindset. Mindset, And we see by working with creators, but also, you know, when we organize the the, um, the retreats, the people that we work with are very open, are sharing, you know. That's also what our inner circle is all about. We share everything with each other. We share our wins and our failures as well. I was lis- listening to an interview with Mr. Beast the other day, and he said, so he basically does a lot of, he coaches uh, smaller YouTubers for free. And the reason he does that is because he he realizes that he can learn from everyone. So, and I really like that abundance mindset. And I really think that I've, I've really seen lots of people grow just because of having that mindset and be willing to share their numbers, what has worked for them, because then other people in a group are also going to share what worked for them and then everybody can learn from each other. It's like a football team. Together you're just much better. So the average of each individual of a football team is higher than each individual player. Um, so work with other YouTubers together because I've really seen that that helps. And that's also what all, what this pod- podcast is all about, right? Um, we're always looking for guests who are willing to share, who are open. And most of the people I reach out to actually are. So don't have that scarcity mindset.
Number 19. If you want to spend time with people you admire, you will first need to become interesting enough for those people to spend time with you. Do interesting stuff. Create good content. Alright? Create a good podcast episode. For example. 20. When you meet somebody who has achieved what you want to achieve, you will see the pathway to your own success. Find those people. Yeah. Just trying to think of an example here. I guess... Yeah, so when I when I met Oli first, I was... I don't think I was making any money online. I did have a blog. I was very active on, on Facebook, <laughs> posting pictures from all, all my travels. But then once I saw that... You know, I remember the day when Oli told me that he was going to quit his job at the British Council. I said, man, you're going to quit your job? What are you going to do then? He said, yeah, I'm going to move back to London. I said, back to London doing what? Yeah, work on my blog. I said, work on your blog? You have any... How are you going to make money then? He said, yeah, with my blog, I'm making £2,000 or £3,000 per month now. I thought, really? Just online? And I'd read about people who make money online. Made a full-time living, maybe maybe even more. But once people in your own network, people that you know, once they st- start doing that and they explain how it works, that's really how you can how you can see the pathway to your own success. So when it was three thousand pounds per month, I was like, okay, that's that's fine. But then it was ten thousand, then it was thirty thousand, and then I started thinking, okay, now I need to. I need to get my stuff together and start learning this stuff, right? Because this is this is not a joke. This thing is real. So if you don't if you don't have a pathway yet, listen to podcasts, watch YouTube videos. Uh, the best way is to create a personal connection with somebody who's already there. But again, you need to become an interesting person first in order for that person to be willing to connect to you. So you need to do interesting stuff. <laughs> How can you impress that person? So that he wants to be friends with you? That's a question. 21. Be expensive. You will get higher quality clients, fewer refunds, better completion rates, and better testimonials. On top of that, you will have more budget to deliver a great product or service. Yeah, I posted this on Instagram a few days ago, and there was a guy who said, yeah, I don't like that you say high quality clients. I mean, I'm saying high-quality clients from a business perspective, right? That doesn't mean that people who don't have money are not quality people. They just might not be very high-quality clients. So high-quality clients can be low-quality people, and low-quality people can be high-quality clients. It also goes the other way around. So um, I guess I learned this lesson very very early on in my career. Um, about 10 years ago, I launched a translation business, which I actually sold the shares of uh, just a few days ago. Um, but yeah, I started that uh, 10 years ago, and I advertised the translation services on like a, a local, on like the Dutch eBay. And uh, was selling it at very low prices, about four to five cents per word. Uh, average price in the industry, probably 13 cents, euro cents. And the kind of clients that we got are really shit. They all wanted small translations, lots of complaints. They wanted faster. It was very difficult to work with those kind of people. And not 
about a few months later, we tripled the price. We went from four cents to five cents and then to like 12 cents. For some languages, even like 17 cents per word. And we started attracting a different kind of client. Um, businesses, bigger businesses who had a budget, who had more quantities, who wanted more languages. And then everything got easier. We were making more money. We had higher budgets so we could find higher quality translators. Uh, we were able to invest in translation software or project management software and everything became easier. And yeah, everything that I've done ever since confirms that if you are expensive, you will get more high quality clients. You could still be cheap. It's a strategy. But then you really need to go after the masses. You really need to go mass market. And... Um, then you also really need to make sure that you're the cheapest because what if somebody else gets cheaper than you? It's um, Then it's a race to the bottom. So, yeah, I do not really like that. I think you have to be, have to be expensive. 22 is the last one. There are three things that you can leverage to grow your business. Time, labor, and capital, where do you have the most leverage? So this one actually comes from uh, an investor called Naval Ravikant. And yeah, I think it's an important one to realize. Like when you're just starting, you have a lot of time. You're in your 20s, right? Maybe you have some savings. That's when you have time, right? So you have time to create lots of content, to create lots of courses. But if you're older, let's say you have a, job you work four days per week you have only one day to work on your business um, you're not going to have much time to build a business but you might have some savings you might have some capital so why not use that capital to hire content creators for you um, and uh, to build a business that way or maybe you actually don't have much time also do not really have a lot of money or a lot of savings, but maybe you have a big team, then you can also leverage that team to grow the business for you. So, it's, yes, I think here's really the question that you can ask yourself is where do you have the most leverage? Do you have a lot of time, labor, or capital? And what can you leverage to grow your business? Um, yeah, so those were my 22 ideas for you for... 2022 now i wanted to end this episode with a few questions for you right and um i would say take the time to answer those questions probably best if you write down the questions and, and really take an hour of your time to think deeply about the questions and write down some answers because if you do that um it's really going to help you create a lot of clarity on yourself, on your business, your goals for 2022? So here's my first question. What's the most recent piece of advice that you've been given and how sure are you that it can work for your business? How well does the person understand your ambitions, your skill set, and your industry, and your business? All right, what's the most recent piece of advice that you've been given and how well 
How sure are you that it can work for your business? And then the next one is how much faster could you grow your business with expert help? I think there's a book, it's called Not How, But Who. Who could help you grow your business? What skill set does that person have? And how much faster could your business grow if you had that person? Where could you find that person? Think about that. Next, how many contacts or how many leads do you collect on a daily basis? How could you increase that amount? Is it by creating more content that seems to be working for your audience, by generating more traffic? Is it by repurposing content? Is it by doing more call to actions? Or adding more call, call to actions in your content? So maybe certain partnerships or collaborations that you can do? How can you collect more leads? And how could you, could you increase that amount in 2022? Next one, write down the name of a person that you admire and that you want to meet next year. How can you become interesting enough for that person to be willing to meet you? Who do you admire and do you want to meet? Does he does he organize an event next year? Can you pay for his or her time? Can you just send a person an email? And how can you become interesting enough for that person to be willing to meet you? Write down the answer and the question. What is the one thing you know you have to change in your business, but for some reason you haven't done it yet? Yet, What's holding you back? Yeah, so this is a question that I asked myself last year um, for the translation business. And I just knew that if I wanted to double down on Creator Smarts, I had to quit the translation business. It's a very difficult thing to do. I had a business partner. Um, it's just a big pain in the ass. You need to go to the notary. You need to work out a deal. You need to talk to the accountant. It's not nice. Kind of like breaking up in a relationship, right? You know you have to do it, but you're not doing it. So the question is, what's holding you back? Once you identify that, that's where you can make progress. That's where you can take action. What is the one thing that you know that you have to change in your business? Write it down. A few more. How often do you talk to fellow creators? How how structured are your meetings and how could you learn more from each other? Do you talk to, uh, to fellow creators at all? If not, then maybe start, maybe it's time to start reaching out. And if you already have the relationships, then, you know, maybe ask yourself the question how you could meet more frequently and uh, how to structure the meetings in a way so that they're more productive for everyone and that you really make sure that you learn, uh, that you learn more from each other. 
two more okay how could you increase the quality of your services or products if you double the price would you end up with more happy customers so let's say you increase the quality uh, let's say you double the price right so you double the revenue how can you make your products better and get more referrals you know, have more get more people to talk about your products how could you do that if your business were generating more money and then maybe already start doing those things now right because the most powerful way to grow a business is through referrals because that's exponential right one customer tells two and then those two customers tell four and those four tell eight and that's kind of the viral effect that you want to create it's difficult and it's unsexy because most people are focusing on the youtube algorithm and all this all that stuff i guess it also depends on kind of the kind of business that you run right but um yeah think about how you could increase the quality of your products so that they are so good they start talking about it with their friends and one way to do it is by just adding a coupon code in your courses right you can say okay if you've been enjoying this course here's a coupon code send it to your friends they will get 20 percent off just a quick idea okay the last one what has been the most popular video on youtube on your youtube channel so far what have been what has been the most popular piece of content that you've created so far why do you think it performed so well and could you do more of those videos and make them even better in 2022 all right if you want more ideas again go to creatorsmarts.com and sign up for the newsletter because we will send you these ideas every week and um yeah this was a pretty long solo episode let me see we're over an hour here the longest solo episode that i've done so far i hope that you found this useful and um if you did then please let me know just reach out at hi at creatorsmarts.com and then i will personally get back to you but i will really love to hear um what your goals are for 2022 and hopefully today's podcast episode hopefully this session uh, has given you some new ideas and uh yeah it's given you some ideas of what you could do in 2022 all right that was it it's the end of the year and um look forward to our next episode in 2022 in the next year that was it for now bye bye all right that was it for today really hope that you enjoyed this episode and if you want more then please give this podcast a positive review in well wherever you're listening to this podcast and if you want to learn more about what we do and how we can maybe help you growing your creative business then make sure to go to creatorsmarts.com ciao